It's the VNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Your daily download of X92.9's X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna. It's Wednesday, August 10th, 2022. I'm Beckler. I'm Shauna. Welcome to today's PissCast. Welcome to it. We got a heritage moment for you today with it being uh, Wednesday, of course. Of course. Talk a little bit more about the Stanley Cup, which is in Calgary right now, making its rounds. Shauna has a million dollar idea that already exists. Not that it isn't a good idea. It's just that I think she's been beaten to it. I'm s- sad. Another country artist who pronounces a word, pronounces a word funny. Uh, TV trope. This one you're going to know for sure when we get into that. Um, a friend of mine works with a uh, Ukrainian refugee who said a racial slur and kind of... What the implications of that, I guess. Um, we got an etymology, a really good etymology today. We're going to talk about summer camp. And it's funny because when we did, when we reached out for feedback on our podcast segments, I remember it's, they say it's always the negative comments that stick with you more than the positive ones. Yep. Um, I heard a saying the other day that uh, the tree remembers what the axe forgets. And I was like, ooh, that's deep. Oh, that is That is deep. deep. The axe is going to chop a million trees, but the tree remembers where and when it got hit by that axe. Yep. So careful with your words. But um, someone said that our Buck and Dan segment is just so cringy, and I I love it. So I, I want to keep doing it. It's mm. one of my favorite segments. I love doing Buck, Buck Martinez's voice. Uh, and we, we did one today that I thought was really good. So we're yeah. going to start with that. V and S in 20 minutes or less. So I'm a big Blue Jays fan. Mm-hmm. And Buck Martinez and Pat Tabler, they're the original broadcasters for the Blue Jays. Uh, and Dan Shulman has stepped in on occasion. And we've talked about this before. But I'm not a fan of Dan Shulman. Not a big Dan Shulman fan, hey? He sounds like a robot to me. He sounds completely emotionless and just like a robot. And every time I hear him, I'm like, I just need a little more emotion than this, okay? Well, I just found out recently that Dan Shulman's son is also an aspiring broadcaster. Oh. His name is Ben, and he too. Does he bring the energy? We don't know. I don't, I can't imagine, so no. Spiro Night of the Ballpark, where my partner Dan Shulman and I are joined in the booth by Dan's son, Ben, also an aspiring broadcaster. Well, it's great to be here, Buck. It's great to have you here, son. Well, would you look at that? Young Ben brings just as much energy to the broadcast as Dan does. This is truly a joyous moment for our family. I've always dreamt of broadcasting beside you, Dad. This is a dream come true for me as a father. I've learned from the best father. What a touching moment between a couple of father and son cyborgs here. I'm Ben Shulman. I'm Dan Shulman. I'm Ben Shulman. I'm Dan Shulman. I'm Dan Shulman. I'm Dan Shulman. Shulman. I'm Shulman. I'm BNS in 20 minutes or less. I think we've talked about this in the past on this show, but uh, this on the weekend our friends were all talking about summer camp. Yeah. Do you ever go to summer camp? Nope. Well, you guys had a you guys had a cottage, so you probably spent the summer there. Yeah, and my to... my mom was a, a teacher, so she was off the whole summer, so it wasn't uh, like my parents needed to get rid of us, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I never went to summer camp, and I really wish I had in hindsight, but yeah. I was always nervous to go because my diet is so restricted. Uh, I was like, what if I get there and don't eat anything? Like, it's I'll, true. I'll die. So yeah. um, I, I feel like I missed bread. out on that. Like. We have one friend said she went to camp around here. It was called Camp Catechazoo, I think. Am I saying that right? But I don't know if it's around still. It was out by Bragg Creek, but she said the mess hall burned down, so I don't Ooh. know if it's still around. But she's like, yeah, it was just the best. Um, it sounds re- like you have to say, Catechazoo. That's <laughs> how you have to say that. Catechazoo. <laughs> what's really wild is that in the United States, some kids go to camp for like the summer. The whole summer. Which has a parent, if you could afford that, my God, would that be lovely? <laughs> I'd also be kind of like worried, though, right? 
You said your kid off for two months to yeah. camp for the summer? Oh. That's a long time. Yeah. A week yeah. was, I think, the longest any of my friends went. All the camps that my friends went to were religious-based. Oh, interesting. They were always like something-something Bible camp. Mm-hmm. or And there would be a religious element to it. Usually, like, whatever, non-denominational Christian or whatever it is. But, like, I know my friends used to go to this one camp, and it was, like, wakeboard-focused. Yep. But it was also a religious camp. Oh. And the lake that it was at, um, like, they had a boat, I think. The the camp had a boat. But Robin Regeer would also bring his boat out and drive kids around. It's amazing. So they would just go there to wakeboard for the week, and then they would... I, I guess would, tolerate the Jesus. I was gonna stuff. say suck it up for some God speak if that meant that I got to wake for the rest of the week. I'd be cool with that. Yeah, yeah. But then I knew like a group of girls that would go to camp every year, and they would come back like hyper Jesusy for about a week, mm. and then it, and then it would away. wear off when they weren't like right. still in that kind of like glow of camp. They weren't is, in God's embrace anymore. So no, they no. fell from God's grace. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was thinking it uh, it would be awesome to go to camp as an adult, wouldn't it? Oh yeah. Wouldn't it be cool if you could go and just do all the things they do at camp, but as an adult and maybe even throw in some booze? And if you're single, some rinsing or like... I mean, to be fair, we kind of just create our own camps now, right? Because you can just go to a hotel and, you know... You can do that, but I mean like a, like a summer camp where you had like like bunks. Yeah, that would be fun. And like maybe even counselors. I would just... The I counselors feel like are still teenagers, I don't know. Like, it would just be a debacle though, because all oh. it would be would be rinsing. You'd be drinking and rinsing, that's yeah. it. Although, I mean, I think there was a lot of heavy petting that went on at summer camp. Yeah, that's right. A lot our, of heavy petting. I think that's where a lot of people had their first kisses. I think you're probably right, yeah. even at the Jesus-y ones. And so now it would be, as an adult, I don't know, the first time you'd experience some other... Something else. Sexual foray. Some, <laughs> some other first. Some other... Yeah. Milestone mm-hmm. in your development, but it'd be fun. Apparently, Tenth there phase. there are a, a few of these camps in Ontario, adult summer camps. Oh, and some of them are like based around certain things, like I don't know, survivalism or whatever. But you can like you can go and spend a week at camp, just oh, like you would awesome. if you were a kid, but you're an adult now. Yeah, it'd be a hoot, I think. Yeah, like if you could still like, yeah, do the. You know, the, the swing into the water oh, and all that. The blob and yeah. then like campfire songs mm. and then the big relay at the end of it. I, I could stand without the, the rounds at the campfire, but everything else sounds awesome. You don't like to sing around, hey? <laughs> nope. B and S in 20 minutes or less. Uh, we got a message in front of the show, Josh, that said adult summer camp does exist. It was a lot of fun, winky face. Most of them are invite only. Mm-hmm. And you're like, so was it like so swingers? Like swingers? He said, no, uh, there's workshops, like person-to-person connection, tantra, all that. So, okay. Okay. Let's see what we're talking about here. Right on. And then in front of the show, Brad said, Google Camp No Counselor. So Camp No Counselor uh, is in New York, and it looks like exactly what we described. It, it looks like so much fun. They're tubing. They're doing all kinds of uh, games and activities. Everybody there looks very attractive, which I'm sure they only use in the promo photos. Uh, but that looks like so much fun. Camp No Counselors. That would be awesome. wonder how much it is. if you can find out. Um, there is one, uh, yeah, in Ontario that I saw too, and it was the same thing. Like, they talk about, they actually talk about the swings, and there's like the water trampolines, and the tubing, and the wakeboarding, and I'm like, yep. All of that. Wicked. Looks awesome. I think I found a list and there's like six or seven of them in Ontario. And like, I think there's one that's uh, more geared toward the LGBT community. And that's so kind awesome. of whatever you're into, yeah. um, which would be a ton of fun. I, you know, 
friend of the show Sherry messaged us and she was talking about the religious camps and she said like they bring you in with the fun stuff but they slam you with Jesus and emotional manipulation to make you think you'd had an experience with the Lord for a week at these camps Um, and she said like the one she's familiar with says no bikinis so you didn't distract the boys and that sort of thing And and that I mean in my opinion I think that's wrong because you get kids in this like this environment where everything is basically turned up to 11. Yeah. They're away from their parents. They're experiencing a bit of independence, making new friends. Like, everything probably feels, like, hyper real. Yeah. And then that would be the perfect time to sell them on basically anything. It wouldn't have to be religion. It could be it could be any anything. type of cult. Anything. Yeah. Any ideology, any political affiliation. Like, you could, you got kids, they're kind of sitting ducks in those situations, aren't totally. they? That is a bit weird to think about it that way. So I don't necessarily... I mean, the, the camps sound like a ton of fun, but I think you got to be careful. Myself? Yeah. Still to come on the podcast, we have a heritage moment. Would you like to hear Shauna boof for about 40 seconds straight? It's the try, funniest. <laughs> trying to do today's heritage moment. So we do these heritage moments, we pre-record them, and sometimes you and I have some issues with our mouths, and we have to, you know, do it again. Because we do it early. We do. We, super early when our, like, brains aren't really working, and I haven't had my coffee yet. Today was hilarious, though. It got to the point where I couldn't say a word. It was, <laughs> we yeah, for an, a minute and a half, probably tried this. The Leiden Arts Center, excuse me, the Leiden Arts Center is a building in Millerver. The Leiden Arts Center is a building in Millerver. Oh my God. Millerville. Millerville. The Leiden Arts Center is a building in Millerver. Mi- <laughs> this is not going to happen. One more time. Okay, let's try. <laughs> this is just now com- comedy. The Leiden Arts Center is a building in Millerver. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm going to start just just there. Millerville, Alberta. <laughs> One more time for the top. The Leiden Art Center is... A <laughs> <laughs> All okay, right. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go now. I need to keep a straight face now. Okay. The Leiden Art Center is a building in Millerville, Alberta. V and S in 20 minutes or less. Etymology with Shauna. I got chatting last weekend about how so many of our phrases originate from from sailing terms. Which we have learned on this segment. Yeah, Yeah, it's crazy. And I came up with three others that I had no idea about. And these are all sailing terms that we use as well. The first one is peacoat. You know, people say like, I have a peacoat. Yeah, it's like a black felt coat usually. So that's been around since the 18th century, but it refers to coats made from pilot cloth, which is a heavy wool. But P comes from the letter, the first letter of pilot that's why. So it's actually P dot cloth, even it's though not, we spell it P E A. We say P, yeah, and we say P coat, and I always envisioned like a P, but it has nothing to do with P's, obviously. It's just the short form for pilot. So, yep. There you go. Uh, a sea shanty. So some think that shanty may come from the French word chante, which just means to sing. A shanty is also like a. Like a crappy house, isn't it? It is a a crappy house as well. But shanties used to be used to coordinate labor on a ship. And I didn't realize that either. But of course, that makes sense. So a lot of the tasks on board require the men to pull on a rope at the exact same time or work a lever at the Mm -hmm. exact same time. And these sea shanties were always in a very specific beat. And when the men would recite them, they'd obviously do it and be able to do things at the same time. So that's 
kind of cool as well. The same as like a like a chain gang song, totally like a prison chain gang. It's so weird because I remember it just reminds me of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, and the dwarfs are always singing at the same time while they're uh, working, and I'm like, mm, the work songs, the work songs, yep. yep. And then Scuttlebutt, which means rumors, right? Like if you say, oh, that's a bunch of scuttlebutt. <laughs> Which Good word that I need to start term. using a little I, more. Hey, oh, I agree. That's just scuttlebutt. Pay no totally. mind. Totally. Pay no mind. Yeah, scuttlebutt. Um, but it comes from scuttle, meaning to cut a hole through, and butt, which used to mean a cask. And it was originally used to describe a drinking fountain on a ship, because that's exactly what it was. It was a cask or a barrel with a hole in it that you would pour out of. Can I guess where we're going here? Yeah. Gossip around the old scuttlebutt? Uh, around the old scuttlebutt. It is the old version of the now water cooler, but that's what used to happen. They used to always talk rumors around the scuttlebutt <laughs> or the cask with a hole in it where everybody would pour their water from, so just like today. Just like the water cooler. Just like the water cooler today. Even on old ships, the same yeah. thing was happening, hey? Started way back then and still goes on to this day. VNS in 20 minutes or less. A friend of mine was telling me the story about a girl he works with. Uh, she is a refugee from Ukraine, mm-hmm. uh, recently arrived in Canada. And they were working the other day, and she casually dropped an N-bomb at work. Oh, wow. And he was like, uh, whoa, you you definitely can't be saying that word around here. Nope. And he wasn't sure if, the, if it was just, like, this specific girl or if, like, racial slurs are thrown around more liberally in Eastern Europe. But uh, he had to explain to her that, like, you probably, nope. you probably shouldn't say that again. Yeah. Uh, and I was wondering, can a refugee get canceled? I mean, if you... Like, if I yeah. said that word, I would be canceled. Mm-hmm. But could she? Yeah. Being recently arrived from a war zone? Uh, yeah. Well, if you... Yeah, she could. What do they do? I mean, a lot of people would hopefully look to intent, but we've discussed before how sometimes people don't. So if it was just A lot just of people a, don't look to it. And he said, don't. like, he doesn't think that she, like said it maliciously she no just, she said it, it so casually like it's a word issue, that which she says i don't know how she fit how but yeah yeah you know like if if someone heard her saying that and decided that rather than use it as an opportunity to like educate her on you know mm-hmm. social customs and norms in canada and the things that are you do and don't say um like this friend did it was like what if it was someone who decided to post it on social media yeah. or go after the company that they were working for, for sure. or take it to the media or mm-hmm. she thinks she'd be canceled yeah what do they do send her back to ukraine like would people no, go just e- cancel her i don't think that's the point i think would people go equally as hard at someone who like literally just escaped bombs yeah because or? they wouldn't even bother to look into what the situation was that's what happens with all these online videos and viral things right somebody passing by hears it records it posts it doesn't there'd be a video of a young white woman saying that's it the n-word and that'd be the end of her and then eventually you know maybe you'd get down to the bottom of it but that by, by that point it's too late right so yeah i just mm-hmm. wondered like mm-hmm. just coming from a really really bad situation like yeah like a literal war zone give you any cover at all from a cancellation like that or would she be as vulnerable as the next person I think I don't know as vulnerable I was like that's a real conundrum there though right really because you have someone who's facing oppression also using a very oppressive word Mm -hmm. what do you do how do you feel about that on the inside honestly buddy not good not good what a situation. The BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Here's another TV trope for you, Beckler. The fact that people always feel the need to bust down a door 
especially when it's like a hotel or a motel. Do you know how easy it would be to just go to the front desk and ask them for a key if you're the police <laughs> rather than bust the full-out door down? Then you don't get to use the battering ram, though. It's true, That's right? way more fun. Which is or way more exciting to watch. Show how tough you are by kicking it down. Or the other, using a shoulder, which also really stupid. Using a shoulder to open a door, you're going to bust up your shoulder. If That's, it's a heavy door, yeah. There's I'm, no... Yeah. Apparently, and I've never tried it, but apparently it's not really that difficult to kick down a door. Probably not. So the way that you do it is you keep one foot planted. Okay. And you kick right kind of near the uh, like the, the handle knob, side. Right? Yeah, yeah, right above the doorknob, right below it, depending on how high you can get your foot. And you kind of drive through the back, mm. the back foot and your heel, and it should depend if it's not like a big. You know, fire-rated door. It Sweet. Um, that sounds I've like never fun. Tri- it sounds like a great time. I've never tried it. Then you need to replace the door, though. Right? That's right. Like, that's that's a small issue, which is why, again, when this happens all the time in TV shows and movies, you're like, you, there's so many options. Then there's the times where mo- <laughs> the door will be unlocked, and they'll bust it down, and then all of a sudden the door was unlocked the whole time, and it's like, well. <laughs> you're right, and you can just get a key and like... Yes. And you go, yep. and then they don't have to replace the door. No one's replacing That's doors. That's so funny. <laughs> the hotel manager's like, what the hell, guys? Yeah, like, like, I would have opened it if you would have asked. Again? Like, I know this, there's a lot of violence here, but you got to stop breaking down the doors when I have a key, okay? A friend of mine, his older brother, got a DUI quite a few years ago. He was, he was driving home after he'd been drinking, mm-hmm. and he decided that it was dangerous, and he was going to pull over and sleep it off in the parking lot of this elementary school. Okay. And a police officer came up and tapped on the window and he didn't wake up and tapped on the window again still didn't wake up so the guy smashed the police officer smashed the window out and dragged him out of the car and he's wow. like dude i would have opened the door if you would have asked <laughs> but he's like you tried you didn't wake up i was gonna say at least at that point they did give tried. you the courtesy knocks at first okay yeah. at least if you try to go down to the front desk maybe nobody's there but you could go and ask just to see if you there's could, a key first just ask right but it's not as much fun no it's definitely not it's not as dramatic it's totally not <laughs> Uh, this goes along with the trope we, we got sent by Chris yesterday as well, who said using a credit card to open a door is another thing that you see in a lot of TV shows and movies. And I'm like, yeah, that's another thing that does that you who, no one that doesn't work, does it? Only the weakest latches of like yes. a pocket door on a bathroom. Would that ever work? And even that then, your, like, your dad incorrectly installed, maybe, but that would be it. Yeah. And even then, like <laughs> you probably don't need the credit card to get in if it's a pocket door. No, no, you sure no. don't. Yeah. So, they get doors wrong, don't they? Yeah, just, <laughs> but again, I guess it's a lot more dramatic to bust it down. DNS in 20 minutes or less. My dad said he was listening to some country radio the it's other day. Country. And uh, the song The Fall by Dallas Smith came on and he said, Dallas Smith says July the same way you do. So here's the, the lyric he's talking about. And before we knew that June turned into July, which flew by. There it is. That's hilarious. July. That's how July. I always say it on our podcast. Yeah, I'll you do. It's Thursday, July 28th. For the last three years straight, actually, every single day in July, you'll say it. July. 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 I say it the southern way of saying yeah. it, just like Dallas Smith does, except uh, Dallas Smith isn't from the south. He's from Langley, B.C., mm. and I'm pretty sure that's not how they say July in Langley. No. I'm fairly certain they just say July. It is very strange. We've talked about this many times, how these Canadian country artists will take on the southern stank. Yes. The Although, you know, we've talked also about how there are British singers who 
Sound what? American? Sound and, American, because, the, you know, that's the influence that they grew up listening to, so they want to sing that way, too. The fake accent, though. I know. <laughs> a bit weird. July. Still not as bad as they do with truck. No. Drugs. And any excuse to play that, yeah, I, will, of course. I will be taking. VNS in 20 minutes or less. I have a million dollar idea, Beckler. So I've always found it funny that the gyms will be quite busy on Friday and Saturday evenings because it'll be guys getting that last pump on before they go out to the clubs. You're or not whatever. wrong about that. Yeah, and it's a certain type of workout that happens on Friday and Saturday evenings. Mostly focusing on arms? Yep. Yeah, because of course... <laughs> arms, shoulders, chest, yeah. yeah. When you're going out, that is what's going to be exposed. Like your legs aren't going to be exposed at the club and you're probably going to be wearing a shirt so your abs aren't. So instead, it's mostly pumping up the arms. Yep. So it got me thinking... I'm going to design a specific t-shirt that will have the engineering to enhance the look of biceps even more. And it's real simple. You make the armhole smaller. Because all my guy friends, they like it when there's a little bit of pull on your bicep, right? So if you've got a little bit of tightness in and around the bicep, it kind of ex- it enhances the look of it a bit. So you make the t-shirt where it has smaller armholes, and then it tightens around the seam a little bit and just adds that little extra bulge around your biceps and enhances them. Okay, two two reactions to this. Okay, the yeah. first is you're correct. Guys do like that feeling, yeah. and if, especially if you can get it such a good pump going that a t-shirt that normally isn't tight in the arms suddenly becomes tight in the arms. Yes. And you're like, okay, I did my job today. Yeah. Uh, the second thing is this already exists. I get Damn ads it. all the time for shirts that claim to be tight in the arms and tight in the right spots. And Hilarious. Some of them even refer to themselves as like the push-up bra for men, like the push-up t-shirt for men. Okay. So... Okay. It's it's out so there. So it's a good idea, but it's already created. And also, like, my brother and I used to make fun of guys who would, like, look like they shopped at Baby Gap just to make themselves look bigger. Well, you know, and that's wearing the, shirts that are de- deliberately too small so they look bigger. See, and that's the thing that I don't like because I notice guys will do that, but you, you don't want that, right? That's why I was thinking you only make the sleeves look smaller, right? Because you want the body still to be loose. Otherwise, yeah, you look like... You're wearing a belly top. That doesn't look good either, yeah. but you want the longer body, little looser body, just the sleeves that look a bit tighter because girls won't know that. And this is the thing. I didn't know that this existed, so yeah. it works. There are it quite really, a few companies offering that, but so, I mean, you yeah. had a good idea. It's just someone beat you to it. The other thing I was going to say is if you put horizontal stripes around the sleeves, right? Because horizontal stripes are also known to make you look a bit wider. So you could make that area look a little bit wider mm. just around the sleeves and really enhance it there. Okay, well, it's already done. So that one I haven't seen. Maybe you could, maybe you got something there with the stripes. Maybe you can like. Maybe I can spin it into my own. I mean, if I'm sure as all these companies do, right, they take an idea that's and just reinvent it. And a lot of them are very like, look at all the different athleisure companies now and girls dumper pants. That's right. Pants for your cork seamer. There's all different types, and they're all successful. So I could come up with my own still. You could. You okay. could have like this funhouse effect of lines yes. and whorls and stuff. Yeah, that- I'll get the engineers involved <laughs> to all be like, "How do we make the bicep look biggest as possible?" V and S in 20 minutes or less. Yesterday we were talking about the Stanley Cup, which yeah. uh, is in town right now. It was my dad got to spend a bit of time with it on the weekend, which is cool. But I got this message in front of the show, Ryan. And he said, quick story about Lord Stanley. My uncle worked for Air Canada his whole life. He's retired now. But he said about 20 years ago, he was working a night shift. Just him and a coworker were in the back doing something near the luggage con- the luggage conveyors, like the, the, you know, the carousel, the belt. Yep. He said, and they were just sitting there. And all of a sudden, the Stanley Cup comes through on the conveyor. No warning, no security detail, just Lord Stanley quietly rolling in on the conveyor at Pearson Airport. What? 
So needless to say, they snatched it up, took a few pictures before sending it off again. Is it? Was it not in a case? Well, I think it. Yeah, it would have okay, been in so a they, case. But they took. Okay. Would I'm sure it would have been in a case, but I I don't know. You'd look at what is this case, and then yeah. There's the cup. Weird. Yeah. That I mean, would be, be crazy. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, it's another boring night back there. You're like, oh, hang on. Is that the Stanley Cup? What's <laughs> that? So I would have tried to find a beer to drink out of it or something. Totally. Like, you're never going to get that chance again. It's funny because we are, we've been talking about this, but the Stanley Cup, of course, went down the Bow River. Which uh, is pretty cool. Which is awesome. With the Calgary Fire Department. And- totally. Yeah. And it got me thinking about if I were to have the Stanley Cup, like what you do with it. Because each of the players has their own day, right? Mm-hmm. Where they get to do whatever they want. And it's like, where would you bring it? Like, I know a bunch of the players, uh, like Cliff, my, my boyfriend, works in Prince Albert. And yep. they brought it to the PA rink because, of course... Was you know, this player a Raider? Or they grew up there? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just close to their hearts. And I was like, yeah, what would I do with it? I always like that scene in the movie One Week with Joshua Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, and I forget who the player is for the Ducks. Oh, yeah. But where he wanders into that rink and the cup's just sitting there. And he yeah. said he wanted some time alone with it because of like the celebration and everything. It's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I always like when players take it to like Children's Hospital or, you know, get it. The do kids are the ones who get really cranked about it, right? Totally. So you got to do something with kids. Yeah. That's a great idea. The thing is, like, my dad, uh, his garage is kind of like his man cave, mm-hmm. and I would take it and just, like, hang out with my dad in the garage with the, with the cup for a bit. I think That's that'd amazing. be cool, just, you know, me and him, maybe my brothers. I'd love to go snowboarding with, with it. I mean, that would prove to be difficult, but just being, you know, hanging out in the chairlift and looking down at all the mountains around you with the Stanley Cup beside yeah. you, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. I, a lot of places, ber- like, want to bring it back home. A lot of people will bring it back to their hometown. I would not do that. No? no Brampton wouldn't be a place that I would go tour around with a cup. If you grew up playing minor hockey there and stuff, though, Perhaps, you would feel differently, right. I think. You would feel like you kind of owe something maybe back to the community that, that brought you up. Yeah. Although, I think it would probably get stolen. So, you need some serious <laughs> Someone tried to knife the cup? <laughs> the BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. A Calgary Heritage Moment. The Leighton Arts Centre is a building in Millerville, Alberta. If you ever wind up that way, it's a great place to explore some beautiful art and amazing vistas. But the centre itself is named after a prominent Alberta figure in A.C. Leighton. Alfred Crocker Leighton was born in Sussex in 1901, where from very early on, he was an incredible artist. He attended the Brassey Institute, which was an art school in Sussex, before entering the Royal Flying Corps illegally. He enlisted in the Flying Corps underage and was already up and flying by the age of 17. Unfortunately, during a training flight at the young age of 17, AC's plane crashed and ended his flying career. From there, he focused on his more artistic endeavors, constructing a working-scale model of the Port of Liverpool. This is when he caught the attention of the Canadian Pacific Railway. They were impressed by his work and invited him to Canada to work for them full-time as part of their public relations division. Leighton took the opportunity. His job was to attract tourists and workers to Alberta, and he did so by sketching the vistas in the Rockies and at the various train stops along the way. AC would board a train and hop off frequently to sketch the scenery at all stops. CP Rail would then get first choice of any of AC's paintings, and they proved to be very successful in attracting interest to the area. Unfortunately, all of his paintings were destroyed in the London bombing raids during the Second World War. 
Layton then had his work displayed at the Banff Springs Hotel and Calgary Public Library as he continued painting the Rockies. Eventually, AC was offered the position of art director at the Art Institute of Calgary. He taught summer art school at the U of A and started his own art school near Banff, which led to the making of the now-famous Banff School of Fine Arts. In 1960, AC was also the center of a scandal. A young art student named Frederick Arthur Kane broke into AC's house and stole 24 of his paintings. He then covered AC Layton's signature with his own and submitted some of these paintings into an international competition. He won first prize in an exhibition at the Art Instruction School of Minneapolis. He then entered two paintings into the Calgary Stampede the next year where someone recognized the work as AC Layton's and called out the fraud. AC returned to England for a couple of years before returning back to Alberta to search out property. He found some in Millerville where he built a house and continued to paint. Unfortunately, his health started to deteriorate quite rapidly rapidly and AC passed away in 1965. But his work lives on in the Leighton Art Center which stands on the very site where he built his final homestead in Millerville. This has been a Calgary Heritage Moment. You've been listening to the BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. You want more? Then tune in to X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna live on Calgary's Alternative X92.9. Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. Mountain Time at X92.9.ca. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and have BNS in 20 Minutes or Less downloaded daily to whatever device you use. Later.